What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer, Jake. Hello. Jake, this is your first time on the show. Really happy to have you on. Um, Jake and I, we write for SifPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure you like to check out the website, SifPop.com. To keep up with those, and as a side note, again, Jake has been starting a new article um, uh, every month uh, called Animation Celebration. We're taking a look at, ideally, some some overlooked animated films, some films that we've maybe forgotten about, or films that people just never gave, give a chance, at least the general population. Uh, and those, those have been really great so far. There was The Breadwinner and Oliver and Company, and you know there'll be another article coming out in three weeks, probably. So. Yep, and uh, I, th- I think I've got an idea, and if you don't think the movies we've had so far have been weird enough for your taste, if it goes according to my plan right now, you'll be satisfied. It's, <laughs> it's going to get weird. I do love weird stuff. So uh, anyway, so check out those. Uh, by the way, a qu- quick plug as well. Uh, we started a Sif Pop letterbox- letterboxed page. So um, if you are a Letterboxd user, um, you can search Siftpop under members. It has links to all of our writers' profiles, as well as we've made lists for everything on the website. So if you want to go back and find handily any of the animation celebrations that have been published, you can look under lists under our page and find animation celebration. And there are links to each of the films that Jake has done, and we will continually update that. Um, So there's another quick plug for you, but... Um, on today's show, on the podcast, we'll talk about a coming attraction. Two of them, actually. We'll be talking about a Netflix original film called Awake, and we'll be talking about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, um, which will be simultaneous theaters and HBO Max. Um, and then uh, the, both of those coming out, uh, let's see, Awake is coming out June, looks like, 9th, um, and The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Doing It, coming out June 4th. Um, but that's, uh, that's the ones that we'll talk about, um, this week. Uh, and then we'll talk about a nostalgia pick. We have Air Bud this week, um, which, uh, man, that's, uh, that is perfect for writing the nostalgia for me. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then we'll do our B plot, which is going to be best ever live a- action, uh, pet movies. So we'll do a best ever challenge, just like on Pop Weekly with live action pets, and we'll wrap up with a spinoff, a quick recommend, or warn from each one of us. But first, as always, Jake, we got to get a chance to know our writer this week. Jake, uh, this is your first time on the show, so I got the typical questions for you. And that is, uh, when did you realize that you had a passion for movies? Yeah, uh, so I really hope there's no Sif Pop Writer's Room drinking game that anyone's <laughs> come up with. Because I'm about to hit all the cliches. Um, you know, our family sort of, when I was growing up, um, we, I think, went to more movies probably than a 
than a typical family. It's not like we were in there all the time, but um, our parents liked movies. We went all the time watching on the couch. So I always sort of had a passion and an interest in movies, but it uh, wasn't really when I got to college. You know, I went to the University of Iowa, big sports fan, always grown up with the Hawkeyes. Yeah. Uh, it's also a party town and, you know, always one of the top party colleges. And I had no interest in partying, doing any of that. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> what do I do? Might as well go to the movies. So I've just started going to the movies more. Um, and that's when I really started going, like, on a regular basis. So, um, yeah. That, cool. That's what really sparked it, and then I sort of got interested in, oh, maybe writing for it, and uh, just sort of looking into that. So, cool. yeah, college, I'd say, really, really sparked it. So what uh, what decided you to get involved with uh, Pop then? So I was listening to Pop proper, um, and I remember Aaron made some sort of comment, like, you know, as he was trying to pitch for people to maybe write for the site, contribute, like, hey, if you've ever thought about, like, starting your own site but didn't want the hassle, there's a nice easy way. We handle that. All you have to do is worry about the writing part. I've got I've got an external hard drive that I can literally see right now with a bunch of movies from, like, 2015 from back when I'm like, oh, I'm going to start my own blog or website or whatever. Never got around to it. So yeah. that really spoke to me. Sin Week was coming up. So I sort of connected with Blake over Sin Week, said, hey, can I do this? Um, you know, like, oh, sure. Send me an email. So we, uh, I did. He reconnected, sent me the info. And then I actually started writing in June. So. Nice. Yeah, and uh, well, this is by the time this episode releases, it's June twenty twenty one. So happy, I guess, yeah, anniversary then. Yeah. So, um, cool. So, uh, so you are obviously a movie lover. What is your favorite movie? But specifically, like, why is that your favorite movie? What makes that movie beyond excellent? Sure. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot because I haven't done the top one hundred movies well time exercise and put myself through that yet. But I was, I was thinking about the question, and I'm going to have to go Silence uh, of the Lambs. Ooh. Just because it, it sort of has a bit of everything. Like, the writing is just superb. The directing, uh, the way Jonathan Demme directs things, just adds to everything. It's got suspense. You know, it builds. And then, obviously, you've got just some of the greatest characters of all time. Like the fact that Anthony Hopkins won his first Oscar with like, what, 16 minutes of screen like time? That. And he's a lead role. He's fantastic. Jodie Foster's just excellent. I've, I've seen it, you know, multiple times. Uh, and I love to just keep going back to it. And that's one of the other things. Like, do I want to keep going back to this? Not really, yes. right? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. It's, a, it's such a disturbing movie to me. And I know. Like, 
I, I get it. I've seen seven multiple times. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've seen that like five times. I might be the only person who's seen extremely <laughs> loud and incredibly close more than once. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, Oscar, you know? Best Picture nominated extremely loud and incredibly yes, close. Yes, thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I... It's such a disturbing. I've seen Silence of the Lambs once. I know it's one I need to get, get around it. to again because it's probably been it. ten years. And look, part of it is if you give me an option of a movie I've already seen that I love, like Silence of the Lambs, or a movie that I haven't seen that I might love, I'm gonna pick the movie that I have not seen and I love nine times out of ten. Um, so it, it's that co- it's that constant like I, you know, when I, I, it, it's a it's a dark, disturbing movie. Uh, because that's that's what it's going for, and um, and it's also a movie I've seen before, and I know I love, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, no, I get it. I yeah. I don't rewatch much anymore because there's so much stuff I haven't seen, and especially trying to see more uh, new stuff, I just find I don't rewatch stuff as much as I used to. So I get it. Yeah, well, and it's also you know if you're if you're trying to keep up with Sip Pop Weekly and you're trying to keep yeah. up with the writers' room, like. It's it's no small task, so um, especially if you include all the spinoffs and the buried treasure and yeah. the best ever challenges. Like there's there's so many things. Like you have to kind of process and filter and and uh, yeah. Uh, well, but plus, but, but there's I, always there's always new stuff to watch. Yeah. Well, and I always get dragged down YouTube rabbit holes too often. Oh yeah, rewatching clips I've seen twenty million times or videos. So that that. Sucks up a lot of my time. Too. See, I don't watch movie clips. My wife does that. She watch she watches a bunch of movie clips, movies she's never seen. I'm like, how do you do this? Like, I, I want the context for why this scene exists. And like, you know, on more than one occasion, I've googled the Pulp Fiction hamburger scene because that is to me the best scene in cinema history. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. It's not something that I necessarily gradually watch because if I want to watch that scene, I probably want to watch the whole movie. So, anyway. Um, I have, uh, let's see, uh, we're going to do this first. Uh, I have the, the movie trivia game, uh, that I started with Robert last year and I have uh, a card, um, that I'm gonna, that I have randomly picked out. Uh, and we're going to give you a random piece of, of, uh, see if you can guess movie trivia, but I'm not going to do, um, let's see. Let's go with this one. All right. Horror sci-fi. It's going to give you a plot synopsis. You have to tell me. Uh, the answer a genetically inferior man assumes the identity of a superior one to pursue his lifelong dream of space travel in what movie oh uh i have no total recall I could see how you get Total Recall. This I is haven't a seen Total Recall, so that was, oh. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know what this is. What's a movie where they go to space? I... This is a list of shame movie for me. Uh, this okay. is in Dicer's uh, top forty-one. I think this is the only movie I haven't seen at least part of in uh, in his top forty-one because because uh, oh, really? I started Roma but couldn't finish it. Um, this is Gattaca. So oh. Yeah, no, never. List the same as well, and never, I had no chance at that. Never yeah, no way I would have gotten that. Not a chance. 
uh, and gosh, these are all gosh. These trivia questions are either super easy or super hard because they're like, who is Sully's sidekick in Monsters Inc.? But then like, who is who produced Gone with the Wind? It's like who knows that? That that's one on my list of shame. I have no intention of ever getting. It's not really a list of shame. Yeah, but I have no shame in never having watched that. I yeah, that's no. That's, that's kind of exactly where I stand. Like, I'm sure I could appreciate it, and I might. I, yeah. I don't think I will ever turn this movie on, but yeah. I, yo, know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a hole in my filmography and that's fine. But yeah, I don't feel shame for not having seen the highest move, highest grossing movie of all time, if you count for inflation. But, um, so we, and I have one more, um, random question to ask you before we get going, something non-movie related. And the question is, how do you feel about the five second rule? Ooh. Oh, it depends. There, there are places where five second, like, you know, I'm, I live alone in my apartment. So if, if the five, if we're talking five second rule, like in my apartment, fine. Sure. Certain places, I, I don't care. And although, yeah, five. There are certain places where. It can be on the floor for half a second. I'm not picking it up. Yeah. Although, didn't Mythbusters say five-second rule doesn't matter? So I probably shouldn't do it regardless. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would depend. Yeah, I mean, I the, the, second it, the second it contacts the floor or something... Yeah. Uh, now uh, I'll uh, I'll say I am one hundred percent no longer five second rule at all. When I was a kid, um, sure, why not? Uh, but you're a kid, right? And you have a healthy immune system. And what's the worst thing that's really on the floor? You know, and I, youngest of four, my mom kept the house tidy, things like that. We didn't have any pets, so there's that. But like now, I you know, I live with my wife and my dog, and like a. If anything falls on the floor, it's getting covered in my dog's hair because no matter how much I sweep and vacuum, I have a corgi. So he just, you know, covers everything. Um, so I'm not eating something that has dog hair on it. But at the same time, now that I have a dog, I can just give it to him as long as it's not something that is, you know, going to hurt him. But like if a piece of chicken falls on the floor, like guess what? Jedder, you get chicken now. So yeah. Um, How very adult of you. Also, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a pet, so I also don't have that complication either. Well, so. but but I think uh, I think kind of to me the five second rule would apply if something touches the table at a restaurant, like because I know oh, they yeah, wipe sure. because they yeah. wipe down the table every, yes. every between every person, and so especially right now, especially right now. But yeah, I mean, every time I worked when I worked in the food service industry, yeah. I, it always it always got um, got wiped and. Even if they sat you there, first thing I did was bring over a bottle and spray it. And like, you know, that, so I feel like it's, it's sanitized enough, but, um, you know, at the same time, like, I don't know, it kind of depends on what it is. So yeah. I'm not going to lick ranch off of a table, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick up that piece of chicken and put it back in my taco or something. So yeah, cool. Well, Hey, um, I feel like now that we've done, done all the intro stuff, you ready to talk about some movies? Let's do it. Well, let's start off by talking about movies that we have know very little about, as always. Uh, do you want to start with The Conjuring, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, or Awake? Uh, Conjuring's first in the notes, so let's go Conjuring. Let's do that. That seems to be most people's uh, rating scale for these. Um, so like I said, this will be a theatrical as well as HBO Max premiere. HBO Max exclusively for 30 days. Um, 
and uh, well, not exclusively, but HBO Max in th- uh, while it's in theaters for the first 30 days. Um, and typically what they've been doing for these is, is well, about 45 days after its initial release, they're available to rent for $20 on Voodoo, iTunes, things like that. So my guess is that'll happen. Uh, but uh, the uh, the plot for this one, uh, according to IMDb, is the Warrens investigate a murder that may be linked to a demonic possession. Man, isn't isn't this all the Conjuring movies? But um, this is uh, this this is interesting because we got one franchise and one non franchise. So um, same scale as always, Jake. Uh, again, let's assume this is a theatrical release. Let's assume that everybody in the world has their COVID vaccines and theaters are open to their fullest extent. Uh, let's assume all all the good stuff and. Um, how how do you uh, how soon do you see yourself seeing this? Would you go opening weekend? Would you wait for a discount night? Uh, would you wait to rent it at home? Would you wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Or are you just not interested in seeing this movie? I am not interested <laughs> in seeing this. Okay, um, I'll get into get into more details in a second, but yeah, yeah, not interested. Uh, I'm gonna gosh, I'm gonna go so against type here, and I'm gonna say matinee. Um, or a discount night, uh, because look, I've I've not seen The Conjuring two or any of the Annabelle movies, um, but that's because I didn't really like the first Conjuring movie. Like uh, I remember, see. okay, I, I remember when it came out, and a friend said, "Hey, you want to go see this with me?" And I happened to pick up a Blu-ray that had a code. I could either go see Pacific Rim or The Conjuring or some other movie that there was no way in hell I was going to go see. And I had already seen Pacific Rim. Um, so I was like, I'll go see The Conjuring. And then I wound up forgetting the ta- the past. So I went ahead and saw Pacific Rim again, which was a much better choice anyway. Uh, but uh, but I remember just sitting there and like me and my friend were genuinely laughing in the movie because we weren't scared and everybody in the theater like was terrified. And I was like, this to me, this the first Conjuring embodies all that is bad with modern horror movies. I didn't care about the leads. Um, you could tell uh, jump scares, jump scares, jump scares. And um, you could just kind of see the movie magic happening. Um, whereas something like I'm a kind of a defender of the Saw franchise, at least half of the films. Uh, but like that is in no way past the first movie going to be realistic. So I, it just, it's kind of a fun fantasy in a way um but something about something about this one really interests me because i think this movie is going to have something to say and the trailer really grabbed me um it i don't actually know that i'm gonna see this movie (laughs) uh because i'm terrified but there's something about this that looks really good see we do we are on total opposites because like it was one of the, <laughs> like you said, I'm not really a horror guy either. Like horror films are some of those where I have to hear like so many people say it's really good before I'll give it a chance. And I didn't see the first one in theaters. I think I saw it at a friend's house eventually. I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. So I actually liked the first one. <laughs> um, and I, I actually wanted to watch the second one because I got HBO Max in like December for Wonder Woman and I've been holding on to it for a while now. I'm like, oh, Conjuring 2's on there. And I knew we were covering Conjuring 3. It was at least on the schedule. So I'm like, I should see Conjuring 2 before I talk about Conjuring 3. So like two weeks ago, went on HBO Max to try to watch it. It's gone. 
is no longer. It's a WB. Why is it off? Why is it off the service? We'll get to that again later. <laughs> but like, why, why did you take it off? So I didn't get to see it. But in all honesty, I don't think it, that would change my rating because I hated this trailer. It looks so bad. Like everything you said about the Conjuring 1, that's how I felt here about this trailer. Like they threw all the cliches at you. All okay. of them. So I'm not, no, I, I'm just like that. It looks like the first movie is available on Netflix and HBO Max, and the second one is exclusively Netflix. So, oh, uh, yeah, so, so it's on Netflix right now. But you're right, it is a WB movie, which is why it's getting the. Um, the HBO Max treatment for the first 30 days. Uh, so yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. There's something about this movie. And I think it's because it's going to try to play with, um, I don't know. This, this, this almost feels like an exorcist sequel, right? And I haven't seen the exorcist and because of its theme and because I believe in stuff like demonic possession and, uh, and sure, maybe that sounds like I'm a crazy person or somebody, but like, I, I don't know. I, I've heard too many stories of people that have had interactions that there's no way to justify it other than there's something supernatural. And as a person of faith myself, it's when you, when you, if you're a person of faith, that means the good and the bad. Um, and so, and so at least, at least to me. Um, and so, um, that means that, yes, I believe in, in American or in Christianity, uh, not American Christianity because Christianity is not American. Uh, but I believe in, in Christianity, but I also, that means that I believe you know, Jesus interacted with de- uh, demonic possessed people. So it's hard to argue your way out of that. So like, I feel like this is playing with that concept. And I, yeah, but uh, then it does like, all right. So just as an example, I demon, demonic possession and oh did he the, did the devil make him do it you know but then that's interesting but also because you know they have the try but also there's the ridiculous stuff like that's fine but then don't throw the waterbed scene at me yeah or the because um even before i just sat down and watched the full trailer. I'm like, I'm not going to like this trailer because it's the thing at the cliff. Yeah. Like I'm all, look, uh, I understand where you're coming from and I, and I, and I get where you're coming from, but to me, I don't, and look, maybe I just need to rewatch. Um, but to me, the first conjuring didn't necessarily say anything. Um, it was just four jump scares. Uh, but I feel like this movie is going to maybe have jump scares, but also say something and also mean something. And I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of this. This is at least partially a courtroom movie. I, my guess is it's going to wind up being like a fifth a courtroom movie. I'm way more interested if this movie is entirely a courtroom movie, um, you know, because essentially like a like a primal fear kind of movie. Um, and that's a great movie. And that's a really yeah. interesting, well executed concept. And. I'm probably more interested in this movie if this is just a straight up courtroom uh, movie. Um, look, realistically, if I see this movie, I'm going to go to theaters to see it because there's something different about separating my environment from where I'm at um, in terms of horror content, scary content. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so if I watch it at home, I'm going to be scared at home for the next month. It took me a month to shake the Haunting of Hill House. So... But if I go to a theater, like, you know, I, there's something about separation. And, 
look, if I see this, it'll be it'll be in a theater. I I don't necessarily know that I see myself seeing this, but I'm kind of interested. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll find a friend that wants to go. Um, and uh, or or if the reviews are good enough, maybe I'll be the one to reach out to a friend and be like, hey, by the way, do you want to go see this? scary movie with a terrifying person terrified person well yeah so. now that i know conjuring 2's on, on netflix if it comes out with like an 89 percent yeah. you know maybe maybe i'll check out conjuring 2 and check this one out but yeah maybe it's that they were just aiming at the true horror people thinking that's who they have to get for this but um and maybe it is more a courtroom thing, because that would be more interesting to me than the the movie I think this trailer's pitching. Yeah. So. Uh, other things to keep in mind is the director of this movie um, is new to the, well, he's not new to the franchise because he did The Curse of La Llorona, uh, which I haven't seen, but I remember that movie got crapped on when it came out. Yeah, so. I heard that was bad. Like, yeah. really bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, not really much to him. He also directed uh, a Billie Eilish music video or video short, Bury a Friend. Um, Good video. J- James Wan is um, uh, story credit, um, screenplay credits by David Leslie and uh, David Leslie Johnson uh, McGoldrick. Uh, of course, Patrick uh, Wilson, Vera Farmiga returning. Also, uh, Julian Hillard um, coming in this movie, he's the, the young boy, he's, uh, the young boy from The Haunting of Hill House, the one that wears glasses, um, and he plays Billy in WandaVision, one of the two twins that Wanda has, um, looks like he's also done Penny Dreadful, oh, I like this kid, um, I think he's, uh, he was pretty good in that, and of course, John Noble from Fringe, love me some Fringe references, anytime we can get them, so... He's good in WandaVision. Haven't seen Haunting of Hill House. But, uh... Man, that's... Haunting of Hill House is just something special. But uh, it's it's maybe the one horror franchise I will go back to at some point. But it just scared the living daylight out of me. But it's not a, it's not a jump scare show. It's a tone show. So, uh, anyway. Um... I, I think I'm out. Like, it, look, to, it, it, it all depends... Like, I think I'm out of things to say. I think it all yeah. depends on how your feelings are about horror and then specifically the conjuring, because there are horror fans and there are non horror fans and there are kind of middling. And then you know, you can even specify that to like, there are horror fans that don't like the conjuring. So, yeah. you know, why would they watch any of the sequels or they're ones that like the first movie was great. And then the second movie sucked and the nun was terrible. And La Llorona was terrible. And the first Annabelle was terrible, but Annabelle creation was kind of good. That's kind of the, the like vibe yeah. that I get from, um, from what these movies are, at least according to like Letterboxd and Rotten Tomatoes. So like, yeah. maybe there's a lot of people that are just out at this point. Yeah. I think, you know, both with it being a franchise and both with it being in the horror genre, I think people who are going to see this have made up their mind. They know yeah. One or the other. Right. Well, and look, just off the title, I'm probably, I'm probably not interested, but something about that trailer just grabbed me. I'm like, this dude's something interesting. And, the fact that it's on HBO Max is is interesting, but again, I ain't watching it at my house. No way. <laughs> um, at least not for a first time. So um, I'm already having enough trouble to sleep as it is because my wife's working overnights right now. But uh, anyway, uh, do you have any other things you want to say about this before we move on? No, I think we covered it. Cool. Well, let's talk about Awake then. This is a movie coming to Netflix. Like I said, it looks like it's coming um, July 9th. Um, June 9th, sorry. June 9th. Um, this is uh, coming to Netflix. Um, I don't know if it has an early 
theatrical release, uh, like Army of the Dead did. Um, not sure, but at least it's coming to Netflix June 9th. The, uh, the story here, according to IMDb, IMDb again, is after a devastating global event wipes out all electronics and eliminated people's ability to sleep, a former soldier may have found a solution with her daughter. Um, all right, same, same parameters. Uh, if this were going to be theatrical, kind of where do you land on the scale? Uh, I'm going to go low side of streaming on this one. Okay. I am way more excited to see this than you. Uh, I'm going to land on a matinee again, uh, or a discount night. Uh, well, I, I feel like I've talked for a while. Why don't you start off giving your thoughts? Sure. Um, I'll, I know you said you're a little more excited. This is one of those convince me movies. Like, okay. I'm not super interested in it right off the, at least just from the trailer, and we'll get into that later. But, like, I'll probably watch a few reviews on this one mm-hmm. to say, are, do people I trust like this one? And if people I trust like this one, I'll, I'll give this one a shot. So that's sort of where my overall excitement level is. Um, just, I guess, some of the things that maybe make me a little lower on this than you are. Um, I hadn't heard about this movie until two days ago and I know (laughs) Netflix can sort of pick and choose sort of what movies um, they sort of put their sort of might and their marketing behind so maybe that's not always a great uh, test for that but I I don't like that I just found out about this Mm -hmm. movie that that seems like it's a bad um, I mean that's a Netflix thing right yeah and then just the other thing that bothered me, uh, as far as the, and this goes to the trailer itself, I feel like the trailer itself gives you a lot. And okay. I don't, and when a movie does that, especially when it's got a little twistiness to it, I mm-hmm. think, um, I don't necessarily like that either. Like, well, and this is also supposed to be only like a uh, 97 minute movie. So Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's that's what's sort of holding me back at this point uh, okay. when it comes to this movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, I don't know. There's something about this that just looks looks good enough because um, mm-hmm. it looks competently made uh, and, and it looks in, intriguing and it looks thrilling. It almost looks like there was the writers sat down in a room um, or at least the person that has a story credit. And just decided, all right, well, people love Nightmare on Elm Street, right? But people don't want a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. So what if we do something different? And then they're like, well, people like the crazies, right? Like, at least people that know of and have seen the crazies. Like, that's a pretty well-regarded movie. So what if we take Nightmare on Elm Street, but put it in, like, a crazies tone? Okay, well, like, but what's our intrigue? What's our, like, protagonist drive before? Well, okay, but what if we took Children of Men? People really love that movie, right? So so this feels like they just kind of put all three of them and stuck them in a blender and, like, here's what you got. And, like, and look, a, a lot of times that doesn't make me excited to see a movie, but it's something about this tone. This feels very crazies, and I really love the 2011 crazies. Um, I got, I got sort of flavors or something, but I went in a little different have you played um the last of us i, I played the first Xbox one guy. well i, ha- I had a playstation 4 for a hot second and then i have and i have a playstation 3 okay um 
it, like the twist in the middle of the trailer, it sort of mentions it in the synopsis a bit. And of course, it's not being able to sleep versus, you know, zombie fungus thing. But like the whole, the daughter, you know, oh, why, why can she do this when mm-hmm. nobody else can? Mm-hmm. Could she be our savior? I got Last of Us vibes out of this. And that's really, that's sort of the hook um, that does have me intrigued by this movie. Because, I mean, uh, Gina Rodriguez is good. Like, mm-hmm. I agree. It looks like it's well-made. Um, it looks interesting as far as the premise. And that little hook uh, looks interesting to me. Especially since, you know, um, in the trailer, we're already getting that, you know, okay, there's a possible... You know, we're in this big apocalyptic thing. There's a possible cure. You know, how does how does humankind react? And that sort of scenario is very interesting, I think, if done yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, there's also a lot of good talent in this movie. Um, uh, pr- pr- pretty much in front of the camera is where the main, I think, talent looks. But like I've mentioned, this looks competently made, but... I mean, if we're looking at Jennifer Jason Lee's the top build, but it looks like Gina Rodriguez is going to be our star. Uh, Francis Fisher in here, uh, Barry Pepper, um, the sniper from uh, Saving Private Ryan. Um, Finn Jones, maybe may best known for Iron Fist, but don't give him too much Not crap. Really. That wasn't really his fault. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's enough competency here. Uh, this doesn't look like Netflix cheaped out on making a movie, although Netflix typically doesn't. Um, but then they still managed to produce big budget, terrible movies like Bright, uh, which I haven't seen Bright. I'm only going off what yeah. literally everybody I know have said. So um, I don't know. There's there's just something about this that the trailer intrigued me enough um, that I was just like, oh, wow, I'm really interested in seeing this. And the fact that it is on Netflix means I look for as with any movie, if, if all of a sudden it comes out. And everybody I know is kind of crapping on it, you know, like the woman in the window. I'm not going to watch it. Um, or like those with me, those who wish me dead. And I was kind of middling on that. And it was just middling reviews. Like, I'm just not really going to, I'm not interested in seeing it. I'm not interested in picking it up. But if there's like some, some decent buzz about this, yeah. I'll, I'll probably push it higher. But I think for sure I'll add this to my list and one day I'll get around to it. Yeah, that's the thing, and it's like you said, it's a it's a short one, so all it takes is you know a couple hours of free time. And like, hey, why why not? People yeah. seem to like it. Uh, I like the actors. Premise is intriguing. If mm-hmm. they've got it right, and you know it's Netflix, so you're watching it at home. So yeah. you know you you are not going to a theater. So if you're like, yeah, I'm intrigued by this, then you turn it on, and you're like, I'm no longer intrigued. Just yeah. bail, and you lost yeah. you know thirty minutes or whatever. So, sure. Um, sure. Yeah, like I said, I could see myself. You know, if there's buzz, I have no problem checking this one out. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a that's a good, yeah, kind of where you left it. Uh, and the reason why we're doing awake this week, by the way, is because next week we'll be talking about In the Heights and the Hitman's Bodyguard's wife. Uh, I wanted to make sure we got both of those in there, and so. Conjuring Theory was kind of the biggest thing coming out this week. So, uh, uh, Awake coming out the 9th uh, as well, uh, straight to Netflix. So, have to wait a little longer. Not This won't be available in two days once this drops. So, um, yeah, I, man, I, I'm tapped out. I think I'm good. I, I think I've said my piece. Yep, I'm good too.
cool. Well, then let's talk about Airbud. This is a this is a surprise. Uh, wasn't quite expecting uh, uh, to, this to be the movie that I was going to watch this week. Uh, but uh, but lo and behold, uh, that's the movie you picked. Uh, t- let's start off with a little bit with why you decided to pick Airbud, uh, which is a 1997 movie uh, made by Disney, um, but not made by Disney, which is why it's not available on Disney Plus. It's available to stream absolutely nowhere unless you pay for it. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, no, it's fine. I bought the DVDs. The DVD is relatively cheap. Um, but I was mad because I wanted to buy a six pack because I have so much nostalgia for these movies before air buddy. Um, well, and that's the thing. One of the The later ones are on there. That's what makes it so frustrating. Like the later ones that I haven't seen, like air puppies or the Christmas ones, the Santa buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I ordered uh, actually because I was looking. They released a six movie collection um, that had the all the way up to Air Buddies. And I was like, oh, sweet, that's perfect because why would I spend $12 for two movies? Because I also picked up Golden Receiver uh, or Golden Retriever, whatever, whichever one it is. Um, I think Golden Receiver, the second one, the football one. Yep. Yep. And, um, uh, and uh, why would I pay $12 for two movies where I could pay $25 for the six? And sure. The rest of them are probably terrible, right? Um, but I don't know. Um, and, and there's enough nostalgia for there. I might still enjoy them. The soccer one, the softball one, yeah. and the uh, uh, whatever, volleyball one. Um, yep. So. I think those are the ones I've seen. I think I've seen the first five. The... Yeah, the same. same. No. Um, well, this is the basketball one. That's yes. that's that's your plot synopsis. Uh, dog plays basketball, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and... Uh, um, yeah, so why, why I sent you a list of a bunch of movies and yeah. I told you, Hey, you're not, you're not narrowed to this list. This is just some suggestions to get you going. And you're like, let's do Airbud. Like what, why, why was that the one that you've decided on? Well, uh, like we discussed when I originally chose it, had I not been doing Oliver and company for animation celebration, that might've been the pick. Cause I hadn't seen that one in uh, 15 years. And this is sort of the same thing. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but when I think nostalgia movies, I think movies I watched growing up Yeah, and, um, you know, when you transfer, um, you know, mediums as far as you know dvds come out everybody gets rid of their vhs players Mm -hmm. there are a ton of movies from my childhood where we had the vhs but never ever got the dvd like you said this one's not on streaming so i just never got around to seeing it again so it's been you know 15 20 years but just looking at it I'm like, I got the warm and fuzzies. And I'm like, ah, oh, I need to watch Airbud again. Let's do it. So it was just one of those things. For this particular topic, it it just felt right. Cool. Um, so when, last question before we dive into the movie. Uh, when is the last time you've seen the this movie or really any of the Airbud movies? And is there one of them that you recall watching the most? Oh, definitely this one. Okay. Um, this one, I think is the only one I've seen more than once. Cause I think this is the only one we own. The rest, uh, retriever, uh, seventh inning fetch, um, 
Spikes back and spikes world back pop. and world pop. I think those were just rentals at Blockbusters. They were one-time watches that I remember liking because I was still in the demographic at the time, probably. But I we had this one, and I watched it multiple times. Okay, I don't remember exactly when, but like I said, it's probably been at least fifteen years. I might have been twelve or so, twelve okay. or thirteen. Uh, last time I watched this, I think. Uh, I think I'm right there with you. It's 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 honestly probably been a little longer for me. Um, uh, and I want to say probably the one I watched the most was Spikes Back, but it's for a very specific reason. Uh, it's because now th- the first one came out in 97. These came out from like 97 to like roughly 2004 era. So this would have been me you know, in the two to nine range. And look, no, yo. When you're nine, you like bad movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it just happens. Um, but uh, uh, but but this is also the time. Uh, the year two thousand was right about the time uh, that DVDs started to become a thing. And I I'm pretty sure like we got a DVD. I remember the first DVD. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Maybe it's been longer then. So so the DVD I remember specifically we got first was Lilo and Stitch. And so I'm trying to like put a time frame on on where this is, because uh, that was a brand new DVD release. And so I think um, I know we had the first two on VHS, but because we got those combo VHS DVD players, you know, like all the cool kids had, because you still had a ton of VHSs lying around, but you also like switching over to DVDs for lots of reasons. Um, but I think I specifically remember watching that one because I think we got the first three on VHS, and then we got DVDs. And look, I'm from a family of four kids; it was just cheaper. To, to buy the movie when it came out than it was to take a, six people to a theater. Um, it, especially when you, you also get concessions or whatever. And like, we weren't really a renting family. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch, it looks like, was 2002. So 2002. maybe more okay. when I was 10 or 11. See, I don't remember when we got rid of the VHS. So it could have been 11, could have been 10. Somewhere, somewhere in that range. Well, and that puts and that puts it a little bit better in in terms of timeline because the first one came out in ninety seven, the second one came out I think in ninety eight or ninety nine. Uh, I think there were a couple years before they made the first sequel, and then okay. they pumped them out every year. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, anyway, so like I I remember DVDs were so new. And DVDs like finally had special features, right? Because the only way you could get special features on VHS is either if there was room at the end of the cassette and they put in a little bit, or if they sold a separate VHS. Um, but now all of a sudden special features are a thing. But not only that, you have interactive special features. And I remember you could play volleyball with Air Bud on the DVD. So anyway, awesome. I think that's I think that's the one. I think that's the one I remember the most. But uh, um, watching the most. I, we watched the softball one a lot too because my sister was, my sister's really into sports. Um, I think softball is kind of always, at least at the time, was where her heart was. It, it's been basketball since then. Um, she was really into softball, and so when there was a softball one. So maybe that's the movie we watched the most, but for sure I spent most time with uh, with the volleyball one. Uh, but either way, it's been, yeah, it's been 15 years um, since I've seen any of these. Um, so... Like I said, I picked up the DVD for the first two, and I think I'm just gonna stop. I think I'm okay. Um, oh no! No, no, no! Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's just I think I think if I really revisited three, four, or five, I'm sure they're terrible. Oh, uh, now, 
if they pop up on Disney Plus, I'll probably give them a check. I'll, I'll probably check them out. Uh, but I don't. I don't know that I'm going to buy. Especially, I don't buy a ton of DVDs anymore because um, neither do I. They just. They're, I don't have room for them because I keep the DVDs separate from my Blu-ray, and I already barely have enough room for all my Blu-rays. Um, but yo, know, if this was on Disney Plus, I might check it out. Uh, the the three, four, five. But uh, we've danced enough around around uh, Air Bud. Um, uh, and uh, what did you think, Jake? Uh, watching it now with your lens in twenty twenty one, with with your experience and not having seen this movie in probably fifteen years. Um, what did you think about this movie? Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I really liked it. Me too! I can't can't quite get to love it because, you know, the cerebral part of me is like, uh, but, uh, it put me in my happy place. Yes, same. It put me in my happy place. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I can't quite get to love it because there's just enough there where you look like, okay, the the screenwriters definitely took a lot of shortcuts. But mm-hmm. this is a 90s live action Disney movie about a dog that plays basketball. What do you expect? Um and there's well, a lot I, of things like they expect you to believe that the Bill Cobbs character revealing himself to be the next player is a surprise. It's like literally nobody was surprised. Not even in 1997 were we surprised. Like <laughs> it's just I, there's yeah. enough there that you're like, oh, this is like this is kind of clunky, and I definitely like they definitely could have smoothed it out a little bit, even in 1997. But I had a good time. Yeah, it's very cliche. Like the nostalgia definitely covers. Like if if you're listening to this and like, oh, I haven't seen. Don't. I think this. Is I disagree. I disagree. I think this is one you need the nostalgia for this to work. I'm not oh. sure. If- Oh, and you're saying you have to have nostalgia to enjoy this movie. I think you do. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I think if you watch this and you have no experience with the franchise, you might be like, that was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why this spawned 40 sequels. Right. Um, but if you have seen these movies and remember them and remember enjoying them, yeah, I right. think it's going to pull you yes. up a little bit. I yes. So I, I'm still not going to not recommend you see it, like, regardless on your history. I still think this is a good time. Yes. Well, and you said it's, oh, it's a Disney live action uh, animal movie. But here's the thing. Out of all the 90s live action animal movies where they play sports, like the monkey that played was a baseball coach or whatever that was. Oh, Ed. Yeah, with with the Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, or the the hockey playing. I think also a monkey. Most uh, most ver- most uh, there was the two of them. He yeah. skateboarded. He most, most valuable primate. Yep, and then most vertical primate. I yep. think I don't think I have to rewatch them to say with certainty this is probably the best of them. Yeah, like, look, I'm gonna rewatch them, but yes. <laughs> there's no way they're gonna be this good. <laughs> I yes. think MVP two has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. And like a 1.7 on like ridiculously low numbers, but I'm still gonna watch it. You know why? Because I loved MVP two when well, I was a and kid. It was it was great. The experience was great for me because you know there's always I'm like I have the warm feelings for it, but there's always that little doubt: Am I going to still like this? And it was yeah. great because what hooked me in the second the Airbud music started playing mm-hmm. which before i get deeper into it props to this composer oh yeah as the music 
kicked in. I'm like, this is this music's great. What else yep. did he do? This. He did this. He's the Airbud guy. This is what he does. So he's <laughs> made a whole career on it, and good for him. But like the second that music hit, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love this. And I was in. That's yeah, all that's I talk. That's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. Yeah, we um uh that that music hit hits so perfectly. You're right, you're absolutely right. It is the standout best thing about this movie. Um I was surprised. Like it's it's on a total different level than anything else in this movie. And like, look, you have I don't want to disparage on them. You have child actors, right? Yeah. And they're fine. They're they're probably better than what you would expect them to be. Um for a 90s live action Disney yeah. movie that frankly feels like a straight to DVD one. Um, I think it, I think at least the first one got theatrical release, but it did. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I, I don't I know if it, any of the sequels did. I think I saw it made like twenty eight million dollars. That's pretty good. Office. Yeah, but like you have this like this expectation. You know, you have again screenwriting kind of like it's fine, um, it's, but they definitely take cli- some cliche. There are no yeah. surprises here. No, and it, well, they take some shortcuts, and it's yeah. it's 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 a kind of clever movie, but not terribly clever. It's not dated at all. Like, there's no jokes in there that you're like, how did they approve it? Like, no. it's there's nothing in there that feels dated um, in terms of like sh- n- Disney should not have approved this from the '90s, which you really can't say about a lot of Disney properties from the '90s. Um, it's just a good wholesome movie, and yeah. Uh, um, but but yeah, the score stands out as. Man, he he must have been thought he was scoring Remember the Titans or something. Yes, and just so we can uh, name check him, uh, it's it's Brom uh, Wenger, W E N G E R. And here's the thing: like when it clicked in the first time, I'm like, uh, but then every time after, every time that theme kicks in, I'm like, yes, I love yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. It's just so good. It's yeah, for for sure. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. Well, gosh, you, you were talking a little bit about the performances. Um. I think the best performance is the dog. Is that is yeah that bad? Well, and here's the thing. I don't know if I knew this uh, when I was a kid, but the dog who plays Airbud, Buddy, was like an actual trick performer i don't know if i knew that when i was a kid had like twenty two thousand made baskets so he's got more baskets than you know a good chunk of nba players and that that (laughs) that made it so much better because like that i think is where the directing you know there's not much that stands out about the directing in this one but i think having air bud is one of those places where i can actually say that directing works because let's say specifically the first time he um, climbs up, I think it's what the first time he climbs up to Josh's room mm-hmm. because Airbud is like legit talented and, you know, yeah. a star in his own right. They just keep it on a wide shot the whole time he's climbing up yeah. and he does it all by himself. They didn't have to cut or do anything. So I think, you know, having Airbud just adds a little something extra to this movie. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's for sure the standout. Um, and, and that's not to say any of them are necessarily bad. Um, I don't particularly buy, like like I said, you know, again, we're talking child actors, so like you know, 
respectively. Um, I don't know that any of them are necessarily good or bad. Um, um, they weren't distracting. Yeah, they weren't. They de- none of them were definitely like distractingly bad, but also none of them were like, oh, what? Wow. Um, it was also really weird because I recently rewatched the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead, and the main character in this movie, um, besides the dog, you know, the ma- the the young boy that befriends him, mm-hmm. is one of the security guards from Dawn of the Dead. And that movie only came out in two thousand four, seven years after this movie. And I remember watching it, Dawn of the Dead, as you know, probably like two thousand seven, as a you know, twelve year old, and be like, "That's the guy from Airbud." Wow, he's dr- dramatically different in this movie. Like, yeah, other <laughs> actors are one. Other well, other actors are ones where I know that person. Where do right. I know that? From? Well, it's, it wasn't it, quite him. It's the same vibe. Like, I don't know if you ever saw Stay Alive. That presumably terrible. Um, if you die in the game, you die for real. Um, movie, which I remember loving when it came out. It, it has so little, so bad reviews. I. I don't know. I'm due for a rewatch to to kind of put myself in check. But like Frankie Muniz is one of the stars on that, and he and his character is like swear as much as you can, and we're gonna make you the the like the 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 biggest you know a hole like. And it's just like that's Malcolm in the middle. You can't do that. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 terrific. He's a uh, he's he's it, this movie does not work without a dog the caliber of of a uh, buddy. Yeah. And, um, and I think that the screenwriter kind of cleverly like tied that into his, mm-hmm. um, tied that into the like narrative. Like he's a circus dog for a local performer. Yeah. Like, so it would make sense that he at least can mm-hmm. recognize and do certain tricks and why yeah. he's already pretty well trained. Um, I remember, I think like at some point near the last time, I think the last time I watched Airbud. I remember like being reminded of the clown stuff and not liking it at all. Just thinking like, just show me the dog playing basketball. I don't care about this, but I did not have that experience watching it this time. Um, I think the actor portraying him again, one of those experiences, he's, he's the pilot in Jurassic park three. So when I watched Jurassic park three, yeah, I haven't seen. Uh, it's Michael Dieter, and it's crazy because yeah. um, over the holidays, I watched uh, Sister Act two again, and that's just. Uh, and he's one of the father, one of the priests in Sister Act two, and he's the complete opposite of his clown character because his clown character is like an alcoholic, yep. abusive, to body, just the jerk, and he's just the nicest man in Sister Act two. So that sent me down a rabbit hole on his IMDb. What else has I seen him in? I know he's an airbud, but what if literally nothing? I have seen him in <laughs> Sister Act 2 and Airbud. But he just holds a special place in my heart. Because those are two nostalgic movies and he's fantastic in both of them. Yeah. Well so, like I said, he's he's got a he's got a spot in my heart for uh Jurassic Park three. Yeah. Um because he's the guy, he's one of the pilots who a velociraptor goes and snaps his neck, and you're like, "That's right, you treated Airbud bad. You deserve this." Yeah. Um. um yeah. Oh well. He, oh no, he was in the Green Mile too. Uh, have you oh, seen that one? that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it looks like he also passed in 2003. So. Yeah. Oh, and he was he was Mr. Noodle in Elmo in Elmo's World. Yeah. I, I was about. a little past Elmo's World. Oh okay. Uh, um, so yeah, no, I had a really impressive filmography. Just looks yeah. like he he passed uh, and age fifty, so just yeah, young. AIDS, um, I think, if um, I'm remembering correctly, uh, asphyxiation. It looks like asphyxiation, oh, okay. asphyxiation, but could be 
could be due to cause. I don't know. Uh... Well, and while we're on him, there's a lot of those, like, if you're looking for big name, it's like the three main actors, adult-wise, are all just character actors. Like, yeah. Josh's mom, I'm like, where do I know her? She's also in the Sister Act movies. <laughs> She's the red-headed nun, you know, who wears a different habit that I never remember what it means. And she uh, also, she had such a really interesting arc because the beginning of the movie, I was like, why did you sign on for this? None of your character makes any sense. You're talking about moonlighting shifts because you're working two jobs, but you bought the biggest freaking house you could possibly buy. It's like, yeah. I, I actively am rooting against your character because you seem like an irresponsible person. But by the end, in the courtroom, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm such a dog lover. I'm just like, yeah. is this stupid dog movie about to make me cry? No, it didn't. But the moment where she's talking about how, uh, I think Josh, is that the kid's name? Yeah. About how Josh, like, has no had no friends, and then all of a sudden comes Buddy, and, you know, he's Buddy. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting a little teary-eyed here. Well, yeah. Just on her, well, I guess I'll address the, the teary moment. That's not the moment that gets me. The mo- and I don't cry during movies. Um, but, like, the moment that always, like... No, is the um, when, where he drops him off on the island and says, "Yes," because yeah. he knows if he brings him back with him, the mean cloud's gonna find him. Yeah. He's like, "I don't want you anymore." They're like, "But you do, you yeah. do want him. Don't leave him here." Yeah, this but, is one of those yeah. movies that I definitely like. Just grabbed my dog and held him tight, and I'm yeah. like. Look, nobody is treating him right, so I need to yeah. make sure you know I love you so very much and would never yeah. do any of these things to you. Yeah. Um, I, it, I don't know. It's just it's something about dogs, man. Yeah. Well, and his mom's job, I guess, didn't really uh, distract me getting to that. Because I think, that, like, the way she sounded, sounded like she was in some corporate office. Yeah. She was always dressed nice. Yeah. But I guess by that Measure well, and working two jobs, but able to come to every basketball game yeah, and, and come home don't at five. Don't think o'clock. about anything. In this <laughs> yeah, no, that's what, that's like, what I just said. The screenwriter just definitely takes some, yeah, like, some liberties. Like the and, thing we were just talking about. They literally show you, Buddy can't swim across yep. that water because it's too deep, and then somehow, uh, somehow he gets there to the game. To the game because reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I like to think maybe there's a deleted scene there, but maybe the guy that was conducting the boat went back. He's like, you can't just leave a dog out there. Yeah, maybe he maybe he just brought him back. I don't know, but also like, how was Buddy going to get from there all the way to the high school in the middle of the basketball game? And like, like is, again, is he a homing pigeon? Whatever. All of a sudden, he might be. Like, he might be. Wait, you know, once a dog somewhere, do they know how to find it? When I was also thinking, I'm pretty sure that if if you find a stray animal. You ha- like there's a certain amount of time that you if you actively try to find the owner and you can't like there's a certain amount of time where the owner no longer has legal jurisdiction over that animal. I think. Yeah. Like if you I, if you if you post the flyers if you actively try to find an owner, I'm pretty sure it's like two and a half weeks, and then you can yeah. and then you can ad- adopt the dog officially. Yeah. And, oh, like, and it's been this months. is a whole basketball yes. season. Months. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Now, again, maybe the 90s is different, and maybe maybe local laws are different, but, like, you know. But, again, we can't take this too seriously, because for as much as I love this scene, 
This is a scene where somebody can just walk in to the judge and say, you know how you should settle this? Whoever the dog goes to wins. And the judge is like, yeah. After saying, I don't want to turn this into a circus, <laughs> turns it into a circus. Yeah. Like, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna look too hard. No, and, and it's just like you said, you can't you can't look too hard at this movie. But like this no. isn't a movie that's meant to be looked at no, Of course. This not. is this is meant to be an entertaining kids movie about a dog that plays sports and look if you're listening and you have kids show them this movie this is a really charming wonderful movie and you will have a good time too probably um at least i would i had a good time Uh, this is like i i was i was thinking about this me and my wife are not planning on having kids but um but i was (laughs) i'm constantly looking at like i have like 1300 movies how many of these could i actually show a kid like it, you know, like you know, a let's say a like a, a toddler, right? Somebody who's old enough to actually comprehend what they're processing. And like, very few percentage of movies that I own. Most of my movies movies are probably R rated. Um, there's a lot of PG thirteen in there, but like, I don't have too many like what I would say kids movies. Um, you know, I, 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 but like, this is one of them. I would happily show my hypothetical future child. Uh, Air Bud, you know, because it's got a dog. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely, little... definitely the dog. But like, it's also like a movie. I would. Here's the other thing. I like. I watched Secret Life of Pets, and what a terrible movie. Yeah. So I'm if not gonna show it too. It's a bonus, uh, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch Secret Life of Pets with my hypothetical child because I'm not gonna enjoy that movie. And, you know, like, especially there's such good movies out there. You know, there's Moana and there's Big Hero 6 and there's um, uh, you know, Aladdin and uh, which, you know, again, thematically kind of whatever. Uh, but like, there's so many good options. Zootopia, anything Pixar, right? Like, well, there's so many the good thing. options to it's show somebody. animated. That's true. Like all the ones you're mentioning are animated. So this is a good kids movie that's not animated that, you know, doesn't make you want to bash your head into a wall. Right. Yeah. I, I was literally just, as you were talking, I was trying to think of, could I think of another off the top of my head, like kids movie that I, that I would not mind sitting down and watching with my kid. Now, look, I don't want to watch Airbud 40 times. Let's get that clear. Yeah. But I, if, if my kid wanted to watch Air, my hypothetical kid wanted to sit down and watch Airbud, I'd be like, sure. That's a fun movie. And look, my wife said she'd thought she'd seen this movie a while ago and was going to get stuff done this afternoon, but I needed to watch Airbud so we could talk about it. And so I watched Airbud, and she, like, five minutes in, came and sat down. She's like, all right, I'm watching this. Like, <laughs> this is, you know, you got dogs, you got nostalgia. Everything is playing for this. I'm in. So um, I I want to watch Golden Re- Golden Receiver um, soon. I, I, don't, I won't get to it tonight, but, you know. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch that one, and like I said, I think I'm I'll probably stop unless unless the rest of them become available on something like Disney Plus or you know one of those Prime channels that you can get for free. But uh, I don't I don't think that's the plan. And like this movie is expensive to buy. Like you can find the DVD. I think I found the DVD for Air, Air Bear, but for like seven fifty, and Golden Receiver was like five bucks. Yeah, no, I, and told- I think. The- you, you I think the rest of them are pretty cheap, but if you yeah. if you go to iTunes, it's eighteen freaking bucks. I know. I was like, because you know you you were looking into this ahead of me because I just watched it last night, and I'm like, oh, he said it was expensive. How expensive is expensive? 
$18, I'm renting this movie. Right. I will pay $4 to watch it once. Because I'm not paying $18. That's ridiculous. Look, look for $18, I better get the first five movies. Well, and that's the thing. That's how you can tell it's a Disney movie, even though it's not on Disney+. Plus. They're like, oh, we know, like... If you want to watch this movie, you really want to watch this movie. So you want to own it? Pay us $18. Because we know if you really love this movie and want to own it, you'll pay us that. Yep, yep. You're absolutely right. And and like what's so upsetting is they don't sell the box collection anymore. Like they don't sell the one that has all six movies anymore. And that's you have to buy them individually and like some of them aren't cheap and I'm definitely not going to spend, you know, more than like seven, you know, I'm not probably not going to spend more than $5 on any of them that weren't the first one, but um you know, it's uh I and I'm definitely not going to watch any of the like Air Buddies or Maybe maybe Santa Buddies. That sounds kind of cute. But um, also, I, I know I know Dicer did a like cinematic universe ranking the Airbud movies. Yeah. I think I think Santa Buddies was really high. Maybe maybe I look puppies and Santa. Oh, come on, that sounds cute. I think so. he's actually got the softball one first. Ahead of oh no, one. no no, there's no way. There's I no, way. no it's the football one. It's the football one. It's the football one. Okay, it's the football one. Right. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, we're gonna have I was to just confirm this. Maybe I was thinking, because I know it's not this one, so I'm like, maybe I'll have to watch the other ones. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I don't know if he marathoned them all, but Airbud Air Cinematic Universe ranked according to, uh, to him. Yeah, no, it's the football one, okay. and then this one, and then Santa Buddies, and then he's got the softball one. Okay, yeah. And then, and then Space Buddies, and it really doesn't matter too far after that. No. Because um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any of these rated higher than, like, a two anyway, so. Oh. I remember, um, like, see, and I remember liking all of them, but I don't know that the rest of them would hold up, because, you know, I watched them all when I was, like, ten. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, and he has spikes, spike, uh, spike yeah, back at the very bottom. <laughs> so, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't, and in general, I don't really care about soccer. But I also figured um, between between the second and third movie, um, the original Buddy passed away, and so they yeah. recast him. So I was like, you know, this that feels like a good stopping point because that's also where mm-hmm. the boy becomes not the lead of the movie; he's a supporting for the yeah, next couple. It's movies. his sister, right? Yes, and yeah. I think there's even a new dog for the softball one. Um, I don't think it's because it passed away. I think I think they just maybe needed a dog with different skills. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, gosh, um, yeah, this, this is a good time. I, I it, it's yeah, you're not if you're watching Airbud, you're not expecting the best movie you've ever seen, but you're expecting a good time, and it delivers. Yeah, so, it's it's over. There's spot, there's spots that over the top ridiculous, like there's. Some of the spots where I didn't think that works is like the slap stickiness sometimes could get too much. I remembered the truck part, which still works for me, but like when he's running around the court and everybody's diving after the dog, that didn't work quite as well. Well, so it depends. The diff- but, I, but I'm okay with it because there was only like two or three instances in yeah. the movie. It wasn't right. like this whole movie was slapstick, you know. No. Um, cause that would have, that would have thrown me off. Uh, I would have been like, this would have been fun for a five-year-old, but not for 20, what, how old am I now? 26. Yeah. <laughs> Although this movie has one of the greatest, like 
they've got the court scene, which is just awesome ridiculousness. Like, oh, we'll just let whoever the dog goes to decide. But the other moment I knew was coming. That's just one of my favorite ridiculous moments is the... uh, when Buddy has to go with, because he's been the mascot playing at yep. halftime shows. That's very cool. But then they're down 16 points with like eight minutes left, which I don't understand why. They look, made- look, you're an Iowa basketball fan. Yeah. Look, you know that happens. <laughs> yeah. And they come and he come back and the dog needs to play. Yep. And they go to the rule book and they're like, I bet you won't find anything in the rule book <laughs> that says a dog can't play basketball. And, look, look, and the ref's the... just like, he's right. Doesn't but, say a dog can't play basketball. But we're also <laughs> talking about elementary school. We're not talking about the NBA. Middle and so school. like middle school. Okay. Well, like we're talking about young kids and we're not yeah. talking about any actual states stakes here, right? Like you know, Correct. sure. Like, why not? You you know, they're already one kid's fouled out, two kids yeah. are injured. Yeah, like, look, and the coach, the other coaches, you know, because and of they're being also haunted. hateable. So yeah. you just love to see him get their come up. And... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and yeah, I. Oof. Um, yeah, I, I I think. Uh, oh, and uh, I think the other thing is, I think this movie isn't all. Um, it's, it's a surface level movie, but this, this movie isn't all, um, like just doesn't take itself seriously because the scene where the, the coach is abusing the kid is actually like taken seriously and yes. done well. Super like, it's dark. not, it's not like, you know, earth shattering or it's yeah. not like, uh, you know, anything where you're like, Oh, like super serious moment in a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, like. But but still, like I was like, oh, it's taking itself seriously. I'm really happy they're not going with casual co- coach abuse here, you know. Yeah, well, and the, I mean, there is some dark stuff because, like I said, you know, the clown's an alcoholic, and yep. he hits the dog and yep. stuff. So there there is some stuff. And he and the, uh, you know, and he he just doesn't even notice that his dog is gone and doesn't put up the tailgate. And then there's a crate in the middle of the street, and yeah. Nobody manages to see it and stop, and you know, of course, they have to hit it slightly to get him out, and then they just leave the dog there. Like, look, when it's the same unless family, you, unless you it's have a, family. I know, I know, I know, and, and look, unless yeah, you have yeah. a severe allergy to dogs, if I see you leave a crate, a dog crate, in the middle of an intersection, and yeah. the dog sitting to the side of the road, yeah. I'm gonna follow you home. Well, no. first of all, I'm gonna pick up the dog. I'm gonna follow you home, and I'm gonna beat you with a tire iron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and like you said, like some of the stuff with the, the coach, uh, Bill Cobb was great too. Like you're talking, yeah. it's not just sure. It's good lessons. Teamwork. Like yeah. the invisible ball is a little hokey. Sure. But it gets the lesson across. Oh, you got to be a team player. Play like a team. You know, yeah. it's, it's good. You know, and. He's good as the coach too. Yeah, another guy you've no, sure. seen probably in five movies as no. that guy. But, now it does know. beg the question: What on earth is a former NBA Knicks player doing, at being a janitor at some middle school in what I can only assume is North Carolina? No, I think they're Washington because okay. they mentioned at the end. Um, 
that the one kid's family has moved to Spokane so he could okay. join the other team. By the way, transfer rules, that wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have right. been I again it's middle school. Who knows how seriously they're taking it. It just and it just been, looked it just looked yeah. like North Carolina in the fall. But I'm also like, uh, weather is not matching up here because we have not yeah. seen any snow. Well and the, it and they and they do have Christmas. But right. uh yeah, but uh, and it's no, not a white Christmas either. Yeah. Whew. Which is why I think it's Washington, because they mentioned Spokane, which is where it I could go. Is. Yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. Uh, so. so cool. Uh, yeah, I, I like. I think we both said it at the beginning. If you've seen this movie uh, and you you're you're careful that you you might hate it rewatching again, look, I don't think you will. You might you'll you yeah. probably have a good time. Uh, if you have no experience with this movie, you could do worse. Um, you could definitely do worse. Yeah. So uh, cool. Well. That'll wrap up a sift topic. Let's move on to the the B plot. Uh, this was incredibly hard because because uh, we, we came up with the 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 B plot. Uh, we, we're gonna do the best ever live action pet movies. Live action pet movies. I didn't want to do pet movies because that's so so broad and there's so many pet movies. Like I decided, let's narrow it down. Live action pet movies. There's got to be enough. And the, kind of the qualification I set I set for myself is that the pet has to be either the lead or an influential part to the story or character development of the humans in the movie. So I, I deliberately made myself like pets have to be important to the movie. They can't just exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so I went with, uh, with that and, but man, I, I gotta tell you number five to me is, is an okay movie. Um, and number four is one of those nostalgias that I need to get back around to. So like, this was really hard for me to come up with five live action pet movies. Cause I also thought about like, you can't count Paddington cause Paddington's not a pet mm-hmm. and you can't count Chewbacca. Somebody might say Chewbacca. Chewbacca is not a pet. He's a totally free will living person. And same with rocket raccoon, even though he's referred to as a pet several times, it's done in a sarcastic joking way. So uh, it, this is hard. Yeah. There were, there were two problems I had when making this list. Um, one, like like I think we said during Airbud, this is like the best version of this movie. And there aren't a lot of good versions of this yes. movie. So a lot of these movies just aren't very good. And the other problem is a lot of them are aimed at kids. Yes. So like there are three that I put on here that I remembered well enough. So they were just my top three. And three probably isn't even good. Um yeah. Yep. Four and five uh, no, I, I, I have three that I love. Yeah. Four and five are stretches. And then there are a few on here that I just put in honorable mentions because they they would have made my list and been pretty high probably. Okay. But I saw them once maybe, and it's been 20 years, and I remember nothing about them. So I'd be lying if I, if I could place them at all because I remember nothing. I have one movie that I haven't seen in 15 years. Uh, the rest of them I've seen relatively recently. Yeah. Um, but recently. Let's let's dive into it. We got our five to we got our five to one. We'll, we'll do that way. If you have something higher than me, uh, bump it. If I have something okay. higher than you, I'll bump it. Uh, and then when we're done with that, we'll go honorable mentions. I have zero honorable mentions uh, for this. So. Yeah. If if we don't mention the one mention the ones I couldn't I didn't know enough about to talk about, I'll sort of yeah. add those as my honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, I want to start because I want to get this one out of the way. Uh, cause again, an, a movie I think is okay. 
Um, but also, I feel like there's a qualifier, qualifier here. Uh, I'm going to go with Godzilla King of the Monsters. And here's why. <laughs> I know what? you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Godzilla's not the pet. The humans are. Remember? There's that line with Ken Watanabe where they're like, so we'll make Godzilla our pets. And they're like, no, we would be his. Which is an incredible line. And I so haven't like, seen King look, of the Monsters. And listen, look, there's, my there's... stretches are stretches. So, <laughs> and yeah. And they probably... Yeah, and they probably won't count, which is why I put them at four and five. But yeah, I'm not going to argue because I know what a tough list this was. Well, and and in the movie they say pets, like so. Sure. We never specified animals, and we never specified that the humans can't be the pets. So fine. And again, a movie I think is the most watchable trash there is. It's a terrible movie, but it's pretty watchable. <sighs> Yeah. We're All right, now that we got that out of the way, I yeah. promise the rest of mine are less stretches. All right, this is a stretch. And like I said, since I knew they were stretches, I just put them at four and five, even though they'd be like probably one and two if I were to rank them on how good they are. Okay. Will you give me Caesar as a pet in Rise of Planet? Okay, I thought about this. Um... But I didn't think about Rise. Um, That's I the first one, right? I wouldn't, yes. I would not accept Dawn or War. I was thinking about him, his character there as well. But in Rise, he absolutely is a pet. Okay, cool. Dang. All right. <laughs> Tell you what, move my whole list down and put Rise of the Planet of the Apes right. at tippy top number one. <laughs> like I said, I thought this was a stretch. So I put it at four or five. It's probably realistically like two or three, you know, but I'm yeah. like, it's a stretch. No, so, I was, because um, I, I, I saw the Planet of the Apes movies as I was going through my, well, my list and my collection. He's a science experiment. So I'm not sure how much of a pet well, he really well, but is. They, but, but he has a leash and they treat yeah, him like a enough. pet. He, okay. So. He's absolutely pet. Absolutely, you're right. You're, I love how you're convincing me. My <laughs> list is valid. That's good. Well, it was just it was just I didn't think I didn't have enough time to think about it because I just got yeah. frustrated yeah. going through the list and not oh, being able to find so anything. Bad. I I would it's count so Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I yes. would not count any yeah. of the other ones. Um, with that in mind, yeah, put Rise of the Planet of the Apes at number one for me. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. This uh, my number four. This is the movie that I haven't seen in fifteen years, but I remember really liking as a kid, and I really want to check out again. Uh, I'm gonna go with My Dog Skip. Have not seen that one. Okay. Now, speaking of Frankie Muniz, uh, look, this is a charming, from what I remember, um, Southern, but I don't, I don't think too Southern town um, in like the forties, forties, I think. Uh, like old, like early 1900s, um, kid growing up, and it's it's about him and his dog, and there's some things that happen. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember being really charmed by it, um, and it being one of my favorite dog movies as a kid. Um, so, um, look, I'm I'm just gonna say nostalgia is gonna pull this one up, and it's it's really high on my want to watch again list. But again, just the movie I have seen versus haven't seen. Um, yeah. No, so. nostalgia's this is a big nostalgia B E C. So I guess it fits with the theme. But the rest of mine aren't nostalgic though. That's the thing. The rest yeah. of mine aren't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. This'll be fun. Uh what do you got at number four? Number four, again, my other cheat. I, I don't know that this qualifies as a pet, but it definitely integral to the plot. Uh what about the witch? 
Does the goat in the witch count as a pet? Black uh, Philip. I've not seen the witch, so okay. um, I will let you determine, but you left it in, so you can yeah. count it. <laughs> I apologize if you're angry yelling at your phone, but when you see my 321, you'll know how stressed I was here. But yeah, yeah. it's it's their goat. It was probably, I saw the witch once. I liked it. Haven't seen it again. It was their goat. Probably there for agriculture. Might have been agriculture, but I think it's just a pet. You know, it's just a goat. These, you know, people who are too Puritan for the Puritans, which tells you how, you know, out there they are. Yeah. And it's it it's very integral to the plot because you know when things start to go down, that goat's right at the center of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen The Witch, so I can't I can't rule on that. Yeah. Um, all right, here we Very go. Uh, like I said, I think this is going to be interesting because I, I think I th- – uh, these three are probably movies you wouldn't Im- – well, two of them are probably movies you wouldn't necessarily think of as pet movies, but they are. Yeah. Um, and this is one that you would de- you would definitely think of, but uh, um, hopefully you would think of. Um, I'm going to go with Best in Show. Have you seen Best in Show? I have not. Oh, this is such an amazing movie. Uh, this is a uh, a mockumentary yeah. um, by the guy that did A Mighty Wind and Waiting for Guffman. Um, Christopher then, Guest, right? Christopher Guest, yes. Um, and he did This Is Spinal Tap. He didn't direct This Is Spinal Tap, but he was one of the one of the leads, and I think had a writing credit. Um, this is not my favorite of his movies, um, but this is close. Uh, I really love um specifically the three that he directed uh, a mighty wind waiting for guffman in this and i think this is spinal tap is is good um but it's just not to the caliber of the other ones in my opinion um but i love best in show uh, this is such such a funny movie about a bunch of quirky people that own pets so uh and then take them to the dog show and it's 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 a who's who of the funniest people from the early 2000s and like a lot of people that are going to be the like elizabeth banks is in here and uh, um, uh, Eugene Levy is in here. Um, the Stifler's mom is in here. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't remember the actress's name. Um, uh, there's a um, there's an actress that looks just like Elizabeth Banks, but she's not uh, Elizabeth Banks. Um, gosh, who is it? Um, uh, Parker Posey. O'Hara? Parker Posey. Oh, Parker Posey. Uh, Michael Hitchcock's in here. Um, uh, Jennifer Coolidge is Stifler's mom, by the way. Um, Catherine O'Hara is in here. Fr- Fred Willard, uh, the late, uh, great Fred Willard is in here. Uh, Will Sasso. Lots of really funny people in this movie. Yeah, Jane Lynch looks like, yeah, you weren't lying about yeah, that yeah. cast. Good cast. Yeah, two, uh, two th- movie from 2000. Uh, absolutely worth your time. Love this movie. All right, my number three, I apologize. Like I said, there were three movies that I'd seen multiple times that I remembered. Haven't seen this one since I was a kid. Uh, did you ever watch Cats and Dogs? Yes. Yes, yes, I did. Probably bad. Uh, but I man. remembered liking it. Look, uh, I think as a kid I really liked it, but I know this movie is like universally panned. I'm sure if I bad. watched I'm sure if I watched it again, I'd hate it. But yeah, as a kid, I watched it semi-frequently. Yeah, that's the um, thing. I haven't rewatched it and won't because it's probably bad. Yeah, but I, I think liked it was like it when I watched it. 
I think it was like six to eight when this came out. And like, look, that's perfectly fine for a six yes. to eight year old. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so. watched it a few times as a kid. And like, they talk and they're enemies, and it's funny. And his name is Snowball, and cats are evil, and dogs are nice. You know, it. It's, what a, man, it, and what a like fun concept. Yes, that that might be one of the ones like that. Say, try this again. I think they could do this again and maybe do. Or do you think I it's mean, a relic of the past and just leave it in the. Early well, I mean, they came out with a sequel. So, 2001, by the way. Okay. Uh, and then they came out with a sequel in 2010, The Revenge of Kitty Galore, which I remember, like, getting the worst reviews you've ever seen for a movie. Yeah, never. And then, um, and then apparently a 2020 sequel. So, every 10 years, oh they come God. out with one of these. So, maybe that's not the answer, which we're looking at 5.1 on IMDb, 4.3, then 3.6. Uh, but, like... <sighs> Alec Baldwin, Tobey Maguire, Jeff Goldblum, Elizabeth Perkins. Like, the voice cast is there, too, to make a pretty decent movie. Yeah, it. So. so, yeah. It's just one of those ones where I was a kid, I was in the demo, we watched it, we had fun, talking animals, great, you know. Man, this, sh- this should tell you all you need to know. Uh, IMDb's, if you like this movie, you might also like. Um, uh, Garfield the movie, the two uh, movies. Underdog, oh. G-Force, Racing Stripes, Garfield and Taylor Two Kitties, uh, Snow Dogs, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh. Snow Dogs. <laughs> See, here's a... I, we used to have Snow Dogs. I probably liked that one as a kid, too. But that's terrible. That's so bad. The, uh, the mask oh. sequel. <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh. Lots of crap on here. Um... <laughs> 101 Dalmatians, which I didn't realize people didn't like. Um, it's a it's a 5.7 on the IMDb. I I thought that one was a little higher regarded. The Glenn Close one? Yeah, the Glenn Close one. It's It's been 20 years since I've seen it. I, I've probably seen parts of it. I don't know that I sat down and watched it. I've probably been in the room when it's on. But, yeah. Yep. All right. My number Get us two. on to better movies. Okay, here we go. Um, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta explain what I say. Uh, well, kind of, um, you'll know what I mean. Uh, John Wick. Um, now I don't think you could qualify John Wick two or John Wick three because at, in John Wick three, he passes off the dog to the hotel mm-hmm. manager, the continental manager. And he says, I'll be back for him. And the dog stays with the hotel manager, the whole movie. And he's not seen. And in the second one, the dog is present for some of the movie, but has absolutely no bearing on anything that happens. But in the first one, the the death of his dog is the thing that triggers John Wake back into action. So I think the first one, the pet is important enough that I think we can qualify the first John Wick as a live action pet movie. What I'm learning with your list is I needed to trust more than... Google was not very... (laughs) No, Google uh, was not helpful. Google did not take many liberties, and I was just... Also, if you Google Google live-action pet movies, it shows you, like, the animated aristocrats and Oliver and Company. It's like, this isn't live-action! Correct. Yeah, no, that would have been my number one had I thought of it. Because you're right. While it's not... 
in it for very long time wise. Obviously, it's like Hannibal Lecter, like we yes. talked about earlier. Yes, small screen time, you know, big impact. Yes. And uh, and also every moment that he's on the film is is just as good as Anthony Hopkins in in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Um, uh, the, yes. the 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 dog, the little itty bitty baby puppy that's he, adorable. He did get the dog Oscar for that year. So. Uh, uh, yeah, he did, and he um, deserves it. And, and his I, own spinoff, Dogwick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee. Well done. Uh, I, I, although I would say, I think um, his dog wouldn't count, but I think if somebody li- liked the third one more than the first one, I don't. I would have gone with the first one. If you wanted to use Halle Berry's dogs to get oh. you into this list, I think number three would count. Yeah, again, I, I don't think necessarily has enough relevance to the film. Um <laughs> My favorite John Wick is the second one. Um, Mine too. But, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the first one's the only one you can qualify. The pet actually means something. So uh, maybe John Wick four or five will change that. But uh, all right, you're number one. What is that so mediocre number one you have? Oh, number, number two. two. Number two. Apologies. We're at my mediocre number two. For your me. mediocre number Thank two. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> did you ever see Because of Win Dixie? Yes, I did. I thought about putting this one on there. It's good. Another one I haven't seen in like 10, 15 years because I see this one on cable. But it, this is one, you know, we were talking how um, the child actors in Airbud are just there. They're not a detriment. They don't help anything. Having Anna Sophia Robb in this adaptation of the book, which is also really good, I think really helps this movie because she's obviously fantastic. The dog is good. Um, yeah, it's it's just fun and charming, and it, it, it's solid, which is yeah, um... more than you could say for most of these movies. So. I, I thought about putting this movie on the list um, because I remember liking it, um, but I just haven't seen it since. I, I'm pretty sure it was one of those movies that they showed um, in cl- in class, and this is a 2005 movie, so I'd have been 10, put, it, put me in about third grade, fourth grade maybe, whatever you are when you're 10. And uh, um, I think this is one of those that they showed in class um, for like substitute day or teacher catch-up day or something. Um, and I, I remember liking it. I remember thinking it was a charming, cute little movie. I yeah. just didn't have enough confidence that that wasn't just me as a 10 year old watching it. Um, Dude, that's all this list is for me. This top five. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember had a, liking it as a kid, but I had enough confidence in my dog skip. Um, yeah. but I, IMDB has, this is like a 6.3. So that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so, and my dog skip sits at a 7.0. Okay. So I'm probably right with my dog skip. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I legitimately thought about this one. So yeah. is that. Which, based um, on our previous conversation, you won't be able to say about my number one. So let's get to your number one. Okay. And see what else um, I missed. Now, this one maybe has a little wriggle room because I think that the, I, I think just the amount of screen time this pet has is, uh, is enough. I don't know that the pet has an overall bearing on the plot or anything like that. But I feel like you could, you could put the pet in like a supporting role. Uh, I'm going to go with Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. So, (laughs) 
No, again, I, I don't think okay. the pet has an overall bearing on the plot. Sure, Jack, ba- Jack Bag kicks him off a bridge. And he, well, he comes back and saves the day, so never yeah. mind, because he communicates with the bears. Um, hey, look, I did this more straight up, and these are the movie, <laughs> movies we're talking. Your, your interpretations give us an opportunity to talk about, like, great movies. Yeah. This is, like, a top three comedy for me. Yeah, so for sure. This is this is among yeah. the most quotable comedies. This is yeah. among my most favorite comedies. Um, it th- this is the this is how you do side characters that are amazing, yeah. uh, because Steve Carell's brick nearly steals the movie. Um, David, uh, um, oh, what's what's his, David uh, Kochner? Um, this is his best role, Champ Kind, um, um, and uh, and of course Paul Rudd as yeah. uh, Brian Fantana is. Is is a showstopper. Fred Willard again coming in on this list. Christina Applegate is terrific. Um, uh, Fred Armisen uh, is is a star in his uh, in his scenes. I don't um, remember who does Fred Armisen play. He he plays the waiter at the or the owner of the restaurant that Ron Burgundy go to, goes oh, yes. to, and Your then uh, and then after he yeah. yes the Yaz flute you you will play that Yaz flute and then after Ron Burgundy is criticized he goes you willy capo, uh, so. Um, it, I love this movie. Uh, it is near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah. Um, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Great. My, fa- my favorite live action pet movie. <laughs> All right. What's your, what's, your, what's your really disappointing number one? My number one is Stuart Little. <laughs> okay. Look, I, I remember liking it as a kid. I'm sure I wouldn't now, but yeah, okay. It, I get it. It's it, it's charming. Stuart Little's so charming. Uh, that's really all I remember. <laughs> you know, like I said, Google didn't help me out. It's just so charming. It got a sequel, which I'm pretty sure was bad. Yeah, 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 I for sure. It was bad, for but sure. Like, yeah, even even as a kid, I didn't like the sequel. Yeah, uh, but the first one's fine. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable. I think you know. It's right up there for me. Maybe not quite on the level of air, but but I think it's you know when you're going live action pet, and you know if it's anthropomorphized, you know how much of a pet is he really? But you know we can have that argument. I'm, but, I'm willing to I'm willing to bet I've seen this movie more than uh, more than Airbud. Yeah, probably. But like it's it's one of the better versions of this type of movie, and there's. Not many good ones. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, kind of arguable yeah. on uh, on better because again, I haven't seen it in forever, so um, I I can't speak to it. But I, as a kid, I remember liking it. Yeah. So, <sighs> man, that was a list. Yeah, I apologize so, for giving you the most mediocre best ever challenge there could have possibly been. Well, hey, at least we know better now. So yeah. next time Robert, you know, when Robert or Aaron try to pitch something, like, oh, we got a live action pet movie. Let's do this. You can run into the room screaming no, because we've we've already had this experiment. Yeah, I mean, we could do we could do pet movies. You know, yeah. that's I, we might have done pet movies, but like we can't narrow it down. No, um, it's bad. So. Uh, the I just wanted to. Give some lip service to a few that I yeah. know I'd seen but didn't remember, and they might have been better. I don't know. 
there aren't a bunch of but babe i know i've seen babe yeah and i feel like the i feel like they have a little bit of love to them yeah the two, the, and i think the sequel's supposed to be actually kind of not terrible yeah but i don't remember i saw it once yeah that's the problem with all these is they're kids movies so i saw them once or twice 20 years ago and i haven't seen them since sure. uh, i know we had free willy i don't remember free willy at all um that's the whale movie. Yep. And then the Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle, which at the very least was probably better than the Robert Downey Jr. one. So that sure. counts for something, maybe. Yeah. So. Uh, may, I guess maybe I'll give a little lip service. Uh, just uh, um, I Specifically, I'll, I probably want to give a little bit of lip service to, um, gosh, what was the one I wanted to? Beethoven uh, or Homeward? No, I, Homeward I remember Battle. like... I don't. I don't even remember loving the Beethoven movies as. A, I as didn't a, really see those, which is why we could, it went on my list. We could probably give uh, give a mention to. Um, um, we could probably give a mention to. Uh, the Aladdin, like Abu, would count. Um, yeah, like I, I guess I guess in hindsight, and you know, I like Aladdin more than I like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, but Aladdin was okay for me. Yeah, not much more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Could have could have included. I didn't because I don't love this movie. Uh, could have included. I am legend. Um, oh oh yeah yeah. That would have that would have been probably close to number one on my list because yeah I, I, I don't like liking it, but, that so yeah. Um, a movie that is on my watch list that my wife read the book. She really wants to um, see the movie. Um, the. Uh, are racing in the rain. Um, probably throw in the what's the like two uh, James Cromwell's a farmer and has a nephew come live with him or something like that. Secondhand lions, is that right? Yeah, secondhand lions. Uh, and then, uh, well, yeah, last, I never saw Old, old Yeller. Lassie. Never saw Old Yeller. Same. Uh, there was one. The dog's purpose movies I yeah. never saw. Never seen them. So. Yeah. Um, so could throw out a little bit of, of love to those. Um, the live action Lady in the Tramp. Never um, saw. I never saw, but you know, I, I can't Prime imagine it. Plus. I can't it's imagine that. it's terrible. Yeah. Um, I'm not really interested in seeing it. Yeah. Um, Call of the Wild from last year. See, I was wondering if that one was going to get. Uh, I was hoping you'd have that on your list so we could have the that's a CGI dog. Like the well, whole dog I, I think, is CGI. I think that would have counted though, because it, it, it the rest of the movie is filmed. Um same with Paddington. So um I think we could also throw out some love to a movie I haven't seen, uh, but I'm pretty sure is at least decently well regarded. Uh, as good as it gets. Um Jack Nicholson nineteen ninety seven. Um See, yeah, seven point seven on IMDb, eighty five on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I could be wrong, but I think Nicholson was nominated for this one. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know if he won or not, but uh, anyway, uh, could could probably throw some love there. Uh, maybe the hundred one Dalmatians again. I just didn't know if there was yeah. uh, if those were actually if those were actually good. Um, but anyway, I, I'm sure there's some other ones that were that were missing. But Google was not helpful, as no. you already mentioned. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we know better next time. And there's a lot of these just neither of us have seen. You know, if neither yeah. of us has seen Lassie or Old Yeller or anything like that, then, you know, 
that uh, about serves it right. And like, you know, to kill a mockingbird, the pet plays a really big part, but the pet's in it for literally just the scene where it gets rabies and bites somebody. <laughs> so, right. Or tries to bite somebody. Um, and uh, I don't think you can count that. Yeah. All right. I'm done talking about this. <laughs> Let's uh let's wrap up with a spin-off real quick. Uh Jake, what is that one thing in pop culture that you really want to tell everybody? Hey, go check this out, or you really want to be like, hey, you really shouldn't check this out. So I'm sort of in the position where I'm gonna need help from I guess it would be like in the middle, like a okay. middle recommend not quite a warn, but I need to know if I'm crazy, because I sort of liked it. Um I'd been watching, you know, trying to catch up on classic movies, and I got home this weekend and took a break from that and decided to check out a quote-unquote Roku original. Do you know what Roku originals are? Nope. That's what happened to Quibi. Got it. Quibi got bought out by Roku, and their stuff has been rebranded as... uh, Roku Originals. So I decided, you know what? I like Christoph Waltz as a villain. Liam Hendworth is fine, I guess. Is this the most dangerous game? Yes. I watched the most dangerous game. Okay. Look, I, I think the original is on HBO Max. And I think I've seen the original in high school. I love this story. Um, I read the book or listened to it. Okay, I would be interested in watching this uh, this modern adaptation, especially Christoph Waltz and Liam Hemsworth. It's, so, you're say, uh, so you're saying it's not bad? It's I think it's good. I had a good time with it. You know, um, you know, every every episode is like somewhere between, and it varies by episode, so it can be under, it can be about ten minutes because it's a quibby thing. So I think yeah. the longest one's about eleven minutes, but some of them's like four minutes. And there's fifteen episodes. So it comes out to about the length of a movie. Uh you do have to watch ads in between because it's on the Roku channel. Um but you know Christoph Waltz gets to mustache troll a little bit. Liam Hemsworth is fine. It's you know look it's from Quibi, you know, so it's not great. And this is by, just doing a little research, this was by far the best reviewed of their content. So I won't be watching anything else, and I wasn't going to download the app to do it, but I have a Roku, you know, I have a, that's what I watch on. It's on there. I think I saw the ad. I'm like, I'll give this a shot. And it you can watch it, you know, a few minutes at a time. So it might not be a bad choice, you know, if you don't go in expecting greatness. Yeah, well, and this also has a 7.2 on IMDb, so you're not alone in liking this. Uh, 57 on Rotten Tomatoes, but TV shows are not really reliable for the tomato meter. Um, yeah, it looks like it's just under two hours total. And it looks like according to, uh, July, 2020, uh, it got renewed for a second season, but I don't know how Roku collapsing and being bought out, um, affects that. If it's going to get like, if, if the Roku channel is going to, I mean, I guess it depends on if people are 
going now that it's on Roku yeah. and not some other app that you'd have to download for their dumb content idea. Yeah. Maybe it gets more of an audience. And I don't know what the budget was. That's the problem. He's like, at least to start, Quibi got like what? Half a billion? Something like that, yeah. So they had money to throw at these shows. So yeah. dumb Chrissy Teigen is a judge, I guess, show sure. and stuff like that. So I, I guess, I think it's probably just something they can throw on their service. I doubt they're going to be willing to put money into this, you know, any more than they already have buying yeah. the service out, but. Well, and so I was interested in checking this one out, probably the most. uh, And I was also interested in checking out uh, The Fugitive with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I saw that one was got really bad reviews. Yeah, I'm sure it did, because I'm sure it's nothing like the movie. Yeah, I think the only other one I was looking at that sort of got halfway decent was the Anna Kendrick one. Oh, the Anna Kendrick, so. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, okay. So, yeah, I mean, if. Like if I ever stumble across it, I'll I'll check it out for sure. Or if they ever like maybe release a Blu-ray of of it all just as one movie, you know, so I don't have to watch ads, I'm probably more likely to to pick that up. But I wouldn't hold um, your breath. But I I love this story, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, I I'm definitely interested in uh in in checking it out. No, and that's why I'm like uh, I'll watch because I mean, how bad can it be? It's you know, getting a man getting hunted, and it's definitely modernized. You know, the the original story. You know, they take him out to like the jungle or something. I think, yeah. and it's like yeah, yeah. in the eighteen hundreds. It's definitely it's in modern day Detroit. So, and they make some tweaks to modernize it, but you know, I think it works. So. Yeah, cool. I'll check that out for sure at some point. Um, I did a thing, and uh, because I'm such a big fan of Borat's subsequent movie film, I had to watch Borat's subse- supplemental reports. Um, this is the special features that Amazon released uh, of Borat's uh, subsequent movie film. Uh, what you're going to get in this package uh, is... Um, have you seen Borat's subsequent movie film? I have not. Okay. Um, there's a there's a moment in Borat subs- or there's a scene a sequence in Borat's subsequent movie film where as they're filming COVID becomes a real thing and lockdowns happen, and the Sasha Baron Cohen in the in the character of Borat is hanging around two um, people uh, and says uh, and says well can I come stay with you um, like backwoods people and he goes and lives with them and these are like deep south like. Deep, you know, all the stereotypes fit these guys. So is these, uh, and are these the people. guys he Because sta- I haven't watched it, but I know yes. a bit. Yes. So he's, so the he, same stayed guys with them. he stays with them in the movie. He stays with them the first five days in lockdown, and it's part of the movie. Uh, but it's severe. It's like really trimmed down. Um, so what they did is they took more footage that they didn't show in the original movie, and they assembled a half hour's worth of footage and released it. Uh, and that's one part, and it's really funny. I laughed out loud two or three different times. Uh, I love. I think Sasha Baron Cohen was just born to do this. Um, I, I really, really loved it. Uh, there's also, um, after you watch that, there's seven different shorts that are about six to eight minutes a piece of these two people um, who are put on a, a, a Skype call with like leaders of not-for-profits and leaders in the medical industry debunking all their crazy theories that they were talking about in the bunker. And so, or not in the bunker, in their home. And so, um, in their cabin. 
And so, um, like, they get um, a, a leader of a, some sort of, like, a, it's a not-for-profit that's, like, the center for um, stopping digital hate, something like that. And they get a meeting with them, and he debunks their rumors. And they get a leading medical, an, an epidemiologist at John Hopkins to uh, to talk about why all their random uh, unsupported conspiracy theories have no basis for truth behind them. It's, it's, it's such a, uh, you're it, part of the great. system, man. You know, <laughs> they're all part of the same. Can't trust any of them. They've yep, all been you know. paid off by the Illuminati or the deep state or whatever. And then they, and then they also have an additional 30 minute clip. That's just essentially deleted scenes. Uh, things that didn't necessarily have a, a a thing it kind of slowed the movie down and didn't didn't quite get them to where they wanted to go um i look it it's like an hour 15 of your time um i laughed a lot i had a good time um i i, I really enjoyed this um these yeah these would definitely just be special features or you know maybe could be included in a director's cut um, if they ever release a Blu-ray uh, of Borat subsequent movie film, but look, I, I liked it, uh, but big surprise, you know, cause I loved Borat movie film. Um, there's nothing here that's going to be game changing. Uh, but if you liked either Borat or about Borat subsequent movie film, check them out. Um, if it's not your cup of tea, then, you know, you know what you're getting. So, um, yeah, that's my spinoff. Uh, to me, it's a recommend, but understand that I love Borat subsequent movie film and the first Borat. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, that's a wrap. Quick reminder, Civ Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for SivPop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then email us at writersroom at SivPop.com. You can also get in contact with me via Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. Um, and, uh, while you're go ahead and checking things out, why don't you go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes, please. That would be much appreciated. Five stars preferred, but be honest. That's, uh, that's more important to me. Um, just really, really helps out the show really helps out with visibility. Uh, but that's always, you can connect with me in the show. Jake, where do you want to send people to? Uh, you can follow me on, uh, Twitter. Uh, it's my first name, Jake, underscore my last name, which is B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S, and uh, find me there. Or um, what might be easier is go to the SIFPOP uh, letterbox. I've got a link to my Twitter profile on there, and that might be easier, so you don't have to remember which order all those vowels go. That might be easier. Yeah, if you go to uh, the Sift Pop Letterboxed page, there is a something there that says Team Members, and Jake is on one of those. And then if you go to Jake's profile, well, by the way, give him a follow on your Letterbox. Um, should have a link to his Twitter page, so that's how you can uh, uh, can keep up with. Uh, with all that but hey it's been uh it's been so good talking with you i'm so glad that you made me watch air bud again uh and i've just i've just had a great time so much so, fun. yeah well we'll do it again sometime uh you know sometime within the next scheduling period and we'll uh we'll get to talk about more stuff uh but um yeah i just uh next next month uh actually i don't have anybody scheduled yet because the schedule hasn't released yet. <laughs> it releases in an hour. So um, I'm not sure what's going on next month with, the, with nostalgia, but make sure to come back next week because Joe and I will be talking about the Spider-Man um, saga 
everything that doesn't involve Tom Holland. And uh, we'll see you back here next week.